Online communities, classroom culture, and personal relationships have something in common. Whether it's forming a strong emotional bond, feeling included and accepted, or having an attachment to others, feeling like we belong makes us happy. Ever wonder why? Join me, Dr. Eileen Winokur, for my bi-weekly podcast, Journeys to Belonging, as I discuss my personal and professional experiences with belonging and interview educators and others as they share their stories of belonging. At the end of every episode, I'll offer advice about how we can all feel like we belong. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Journeys to Belonging. I'm extremely happy and excited uh, to introduce my guest, Dean Ganey. Uh, Dean and I are friends on social media, but even more than that, we've passed the scope EDU. And uh, Dean, I admire from afar because there's so much that he has going on. I've learned so much from him uh, over the cost of, course of the last couple of years uh, about uh, the types of things he does in his classroom. And uh, of course, his singing always brings me joy. And so Dean, welcome to my podcast. Eileen, thank you so much for having me. I'm really honored to be a part of it today. So thank you. You're welcome. Uh, would you like to tell the listeners a little bit more? I introduced you, but just very briefly, what would you like to, to have them know about you? Well, um, I will say that I have been teaching for 14, almost 15 years. Um, and I've had a variety of different experiences being you know, diversely different schools. Um, and the most latest, the latest school being extremely diverse. And so I love working with students and I love um, finding innovative and creative ways to engage them. Um, I am also an author, um, which might've uh, been known already, but um, uh, author of a couple of things. And so we'll talk, perhaps talk more about that later. Um, I also sing, as Eileen mentioned, I've recently written some songs. The most recent one was What If? Um, sort of challenging people to think about others, um, especially in times of, of challenge, you know? You know, you, you think about, well, I mean, I'm dealing with all of these things, but if we put our attention on others, then suddenly our things don't seem as big anymore. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, and I'm just, like I said, honored. I do a lot of different things. I'm a veteran of the Air Force, um, but I mostly am you know, involved in the whole teaching and learning experience. I really love what I do, and I'm grateful to um, be able to walk in those, those shoes. Yes, well, you can certainly tell that you love what you do, and uh, that's one thing that we both of us have in common, is that passion for education and for students. So the first question I like to ask all my guests, uh, Dean, is when I mention the word belonging or sense of belonging, what, what comes to mind right away? Well, immediately when I hear that word, I think about being a part of something mm -hmm. that um, makes you feel like you're actually a part of it, but it's also something that you can be accountable to. Um, and so um, I, as I said a few minutes ago, 
have served in the United States Air Force. And one of the reasons why I wanted to be a part of it is because there is a definite, definite sense of belonging. Um, there is a sense of camaraderie and, and there is a, a sense of you being a part of something that's bigger than you. Right. Um, obviously to serve, um, definitely wanted to serve, but more, more than that, going in the military is you meet the family that you never knew. Mm -hmm. um, and many of those relationships are uh, maintained over time, even though now I'm out, uh, I still am in contact with many that I served in basic training with. Uh, and then of course the tech school part of it and beyond. Uh, and so belonging is feeling inwardly that you are a part of this thing and that you matter to somebody else and that they matter to you. Um, there is a relationship um, that is involved. And so one of the things I've really focused a lot on lately is diversity and community. Um, I feel like diversity and community are like sister and brother or their first cousins because within community is the opportunity for diversity and diversity suggests, right? If we really understand the power of diversity, it suggests um, that community uh, is a byproduct of diversity. So I'm really, um, it's just really like a warm, um, genuine uh, love for the people that you are surrounded by or you're interacting with. And you find that sense of purpose uh, within belonging, or maybe you're acknowledging that, okay, that is my purpose. Maybe you thought about it, but when you're in a community, you, you're affected or impacted by those other individuals and they you at the same time. Right. Yeah, that, that interaction is so interesting, but I have never, two things that you mentioned, which I find really, really interesting, is this whole idea of the fact that serving in the armed forces uh, was that community, but also gave you that sense of belonging. And you do read about people who have served in the various arms of uh, parts of the service, and they keep in touch with each other for years and years and years afterwards. Uh, that it's such a, a brotherly or sisterly kind of uh, caring for each other. So that was the first thing. And the other thing is putting the idea of community and diversity together. That's, that's really fascinating for me because it's, there are two concepts that I hadn't really thought about. So that, that's definitely something that I'm going to take away and think about a bit more um, after, after we talk. But um, you've, you're an author, like you mentioned, and uh, have uh, contributed to several EdSnap compilations, chapters to those. And you also, uh, you wrote a book a couple of years ago uh, called Journey to the Why in You. And I'd love for you to talk about, first of all, what is your why? And then to talk about um, how does your writing help you reflect on your why and, and what that looks like. So just to, to know what is your why, I think we've gotten sort of a sense of it, but I would love for you to go into it a little bit more. Well, um, a, a lot of why um, I do what I do is number one, it's a calling. Um, it's something that I've always known was there. Um, I would even go back and as far as first grade and say, I knew that I was going to be functioning in some aspect of education when, when I was a first grader. 
Um, however, however, um, it was beyond my first grade year where I started to have life experiences, um, challenges, obstacles, um, things that I have done that um, I would say pointed me in the direction that I needed to go. So even though I may have had that foreknowledge or foresight um, that I had something that I wanted to share or needed to share with others, it was through life experiences that um, sort of affirmed that purpose or affirmed this is where you need to be. Those things that I've dealt with, even as a kid, you know, maybe it was the opportunity for me to, um, to be a loner and to really not have a whole lot of um, friends as a child um, that put me on the path of, okay, now I can speak to that. Now I know uh, what that feels like. And so working with students and students that might be experiencing something like that, that gives me the opportunity to be able to help that particular child um, that might be dealing with the same thing. Um, right. So that's just an example of how the obstacles you usually find um, that the obstacle is something in the obstacle for you. And, uh, and so there's something in the challenge for you, even the good things, the good experiences that you've had, making connections with people, you know, um, making connections, um, you know, with, with, with uh, various uh, people in different places that you would go. Um, and so all things considered, um, I, I was able to understand that I had a passion, I had a zeal, I had a, an excitement and enthusiasm for what it meant to be a learner. Um, and so I say learner because I think that what I do as a teacher is predicated upon the fact that I'm a learner. Um, and so I love the idea of being in an environment that enables learning or that engages people in learning experiences or that immerses people in learning experiences. I love that so much that I wanted to create that. I wanted to be able to um, cultivate an environment where learning was rich and learning was deep and learning was broad and learning was not limited. And so therein lies the philosophy that I have now as a teacher. Um, and it's chapter two of Journey to the YNU. And it's CLIMB, it's an acronym, C-L-I-M-B-E. And so, my why is to cultivate, to lead, to inspire, to motivate, to build, and to empower. I realize that, yes, I have a role, and maybe, you know, it's a significant role in life that must be played, but I also understand that I'm not the only one who does. Right. And so it's important to the last letter of climb to empower, to to allow others to see that they have the ability, they have the, um, the wherewithal to be exactly what they want to be or to do exactly what they want to do also. And so to take those limits off and to allow everything in that person's life, right? Because it's not just me as the veteran. It's not just me as the, um, as the singer. It's not just me as the teacher. It's not just me as the author. It's all of those things together sure. that, that, that empower me to be, right? And so one of the things I like to say is you are the only you that will ever be. 
your experiences, your story, your diversity. And so if that's true, which I believe 100% that it is, right. um, then all of those things that are involving you matter when it comes to identifying what your why is. Right. Yeah. And I think it's so important because, uh, first of all, I love, I love the, the visual that climb brings to mind. I love the way that the different levels that you talk about build up to the empowering at the, at, which isn't really necessarily at the end. It could happen in the middle or somewhere along the way. But the fact that ultimately you're, you want to empower students like you've been empowered to have your why, to know your why, to be secure with your why. And one of the things I've talked with other guests about or other guests have mentioned on the podcast is the real importance of self-belonging, finding your self-awareness, knowing yourself, feeling confident about yourself, uh, being okay to be alone but, and not feeling lonely. It's, um, and that so comes out in, in that whole idea of climb is that you're able to empower students by exposing them to all of these things. And then because of your experience and your per perspective on the fact that obstacles can be opportunities, which I just love, it's one of the reasons why I decided to buy the book because I said, I have to, I have to get this book now, um, <laughs> uh, is, is the fact that you know, it, it's a different way of looking at things. So I, I think that's, that's so empowering in itself. Um, how do you, um, I'm curious, how do you sort of use that in your classroom? Um, what, what do you do? Do you, do you sort of look at your lesson planning a certain way, uh, your activities, uh, the student outcomes? How does CLIMB sort of come into that whole pers uh, planning, I guess, or preparation uh, when you're going into the classroom? So Eileen, I think that's a great question. Um, and so first of all, I, I, I want to say that being focused on the students in your room at that present time is absolutely imperative. Um, what I realize is I will never teach the same group of students ever. Every group will be different. And within oh, yeah. every group and in, within every group, there will be different versions of students, different types of students, different types of learners, different ways of learning. And, um, and so with that, consideration, I understand that what I do and how I plan for teaching um, that year um, is largely um, do is largely based on them. What do they need? What does this person, what is this person's inspiration? What is this person like? What is this person not like? Um, and so thinking about those kinds of things and also considering the fact that I know that these students are greater than they realize. Right, I know that there's something inside of them that they may not have understood yet. And so as a teacher, I believe it's my job to cultivate that. So that's again, the first letter in climb. Um, and so while I'm cultivating that, I'm leading them by example, hopefully, right? Hopefully I'm this example that they can see as, okay, well, Mr. Ganey's done this. Mr. Ganey's not held himself down. Mr. Ganey's not been, um, uh, you know, felt like he couldn't do anything. He achieved a lot of things in his life and he serves as an example for me. So as he's leading me by example, maybe I can do this too. Maybe, maybe I need to take the limits off of my own self. Um, 
And so I inspire them. I sometimes I find myself delivering motivational speeches inside of the classroom. You know, inspiration, motivation. They work they work in tandem. And so sometimes I'll go right off the script. You know, and by the way, I always say lesson plans don't ever go as planned. It's so, true. <laughs> so I found that I'll, often, yes. Sometimes I'll get in this vein and I'll just yeah. start talking. And before you know it, 30 minutes have passed. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I am basically speaking to that little small thing, or maybe it's not so small, inside of them. Right. Awakening the giant. Right. Um, talking to that inward part that um, really matters. Yes, yeah. we're dealing with curriculum in the classroom. Yes, we're trying to make sure that we have our intellect and we um, you know, become more intelligent day by day. But more importantly is the character of the individual inside of that person, yeah. that thing that nobody can see that needs to be spoken to and cultivated and motivated and inspired and led. And so I build, build. So the build is character. I'm thinking about, okay, who is this person for real? Right. When you leave my room, because you're only going to be before a year, maybe two, depending on whether or not we loop or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I don't want I don't want what's happening in this in this year to be limited to this year. Right. right? Yeah. So it's bigger. It's broader than this year. And yes. so I'm I'm trying to build people. I'm trying yes. to build character. Yes. And so yeah, you want to give them I, something that they can carry forward even when you're not there, this idea, this, you, you plant that seed in them. And modeling and, and using those teachable moments are just, you know, you're speaking to me, Dean, I love it. And you said something just now, Eileen, you said plant that seed, mm -hmm. right? You cannot plant seeds until the ground is ready for the seed. And right. so cultivation of the ground, and the ground doesn't necessarily mean the physical ground. It could be the heart of the child. It could be mm -hmm. the mind of a child. And right. so you have, to, you have to cultivate that in order for that seed to be able to be planted and manifest. Yes. Um, and so um, just thinking, and there's so many thoughts going through my head right now, but going back to that word belonging for just a moment. Yeah. So belonging could also mean finding your place in the world in society, identifying who yeah. you are in this world and the role that you have to play. And yeah. so um, leading again up to empower, right? So as you are you know, cycling through uh, my class, we're not just thinking about my class in this year. We're thinking about what are you gonna do with your life once you leave um, and you go on to the next thing. You are empowered to be you. You are empowered to be unapologetic unapologetically you, you. Uh, the authentic you mm -hmm. because that's what the world needs the world doesn't yes. need copies the world doesn't need duplicates the world needs authenticity and so that circles back again mm -hmm. to our idea of diversity right. if everybody is authentically themselves and you bring those authentic people together you now have diversity and through diversity you can build community and you accomplish so much more than you ever would alone Absolutely. I love that, Dean. And you know, Brene Brown talks about the fact that belonging isn't just fitting in. Belonging is just like you said, Dean, being your authentic self within that group, accepting yourself for who you are, and the fact that others accept you for who you are. And the fitting in isn't 
you, you have to be a mold or you have to be exactly like everybody else. And so one of the things that I just love about what you've been talking about in terms of your students is how well you must get to know them, which establishes that sense of belonging and culture in the classroom to begin with, because you couldn't do that whole bit of climb without it. That there's right. not, it's not even just the buy-in. There's not going to be that understanding of who you are and what you're bringing to the classroom and what each one of them is bringing to the classroom. So it'd be very difficult for, for you to have any effect on them if you don't get to know each one of them. And I guess that's where your perception and your idea about diversity comes in. And, and I just, you know, normally we think about diversity in terms of the bigger picture, but you're talking about the diversity on a more micro level and I think that's something that we really should take time to focus on. And I don't think we do enough. Eileen, I, I would agree with you. Um, I think one of, the, one of the questions I like to ask is how do you define diversity? Because for some reason, you know, there's this, like you said, the major picture that comes in, in someone's mind, but we ignore the other applications of diversity. And I just believe that there's so much more involved in that. Um, I know one of the things that I like to do with my students, and I have done so for the past three years, um, and I'm going to mention R.J. Palacios, 365 Days of Wonder. It's a, it's mm -hmm. a quote book, basically. There's a mm -hmm. quote in it for each day of the year. Wow. And one of the things that I have instituted in my classroom is a quote of the day. And um, it's, a, it's, it's a discussion that um, ideally, you know, I started out um, the year and we read the quote and the goal is to try to unpack that quote and figure out okay what does this mean wow. um, and how is it applicable to us how can it be applicable to us and so naturally um, the goal here is to get the various viewpoints or the perspectives of the students encouraging them to speak and listen because yes. I don't know everything so I'm going right. to listen in. and when mm -hmm. I have something to say I'm going to speak so I'm going to model that for them Right? right, and then I'm going to encourage them to um, to deliver what they believe, right? And do you have all these different perspectives in the classroom, right? And so I get a chance to encourage the students to disagree respectfully. Maybe you're not going to agree with what the next person says, but how do you take what they say and add to it, and say, well, right. I like what you said there, but I don't exactly agree with that part. I believe, right? And so you're mm -hmm. you're teaching them a life skill. You're teaching them character, but you're also teaching them how it's okay to have a different viewpoint. And so right. therein lies diversity again, diversity yes. of viewpoints. Yeah. Uh, and so um, one of the things, and I will tell you, that one of the byproducts that I didn't anticipate, but it absolutely blows my mind and it gives me chills just thinking about it. Um, so I started those conversations out with my students. I would be facilitating them. I would have a way for them to identify they had something to say, yada, yada, yada. Now, if you can visualize this, after about, you know, I'll say a month of me facilitating those conversations every day, if you could visualize a student asking to take over the conversation. Wow. And that so the students. So powerful. The students become the facilitators of the quote of the day. And I sit back and I allow them to facilitate. And by the way, you, you let them loose and you would be totally overwhelmed with what they give you, first of all. Yeah. 
right? And so I would only chime in occasionally, right? If I see there's a, a silence or there's a question mm-hmm. or there's some, you know, I'll like, okay, let me, let me plug this in. And then I give it right back to them, you know? And so, oh my gosh, wow. it's, it's so incredibly amazing to see students lead, right? And there's that L incline. They are leading, mm-hmm. right? Hopefully yeah. as they saw me leading. And so it becomes a real, a real thing in the classroom. Yeah. Um, and so the last thing I'll say about that is, Okay, it didn't stop there. Not only did they start to facilitate the conversations, they began to create their own quotes. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is wonderful. And that is I, amazing, Dean. I had them lining the wall. I, I would type them up, print them out, and sure. line the walls of the classrooms with them. Wow. So they can see their own words. That is it, so validating. Wow. Oh, it, it became such a culture yeah. in the classroom. And every day I walk in there, I'm just like, I have to smile because who knew? Who knew yeah. that you take something seemingly as simple as this, right? And it would become something so big yeah. in their minds and, they and go you had and no idea what it would take on that kind of proportion i bet you figured after the first week or two they'd get tired of it maybe or you know they 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 wouldn't necessarily be interested in whatever quote you had for the day and but isn't that amazing wow yes and it, it, they went home and talked about it you know it became a thing yeah. where i would hear from parents you know this is so awesome this is so wonderful my kid comes and tells me about it every day yeah. um and so imagine if I had not taken that, that opportunity to yeah. consider, well, how can I build? How can I, how can I encourage leadership yeah. in the classroom? If yeah. I had never considered that, because it's out of the box, it, you know, it's not the typical. It's definitely thing. not in your curriculum. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, but, but, but it should be. Right. But how much was gained or learned of from course. those experiences moreover? than what was in the curriculum. Of course. And one of the things I want to point out is the fact that your students were um, learning perspective taking. And perspective taking is so important in terms of critical thinking skills, but also in terms of peacemaking and conflict resolution. Because if we're not, and empathy, of course, because if we're not able to put ourselves and take the perspectives of others, or at least to listen, like you said, to others' perspectives and build on them, or at least have a conversation about them, a dialogue, then we're never going to get anywhere. So that's just so amazing. You also mentioned again about diversity, and I know that's part of what your play is about. So before we finish up, I want to make sure we don't run out of time because I really want to talk about play, which is very new. Uh, I know it's something that you've just uh, finished working on. I'd love to know more about it, however much you can share, and where the idea came from. I know you've spoken about diversity, but a sort of, you know, what does that look like? What, what is the play about? And tell me a little bit more. Okay, so it's the title of the play is Diversity, colon, It's Not Just About You, It's About Us. And wow. I, I would have to say that the inspiration came just thinking about the present day challenges, right, in our society, yeah. um, and also the power I know that diversity truly has. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so um, I've done a lot with diversity in the classroom, you know, kind of even, even um, encouraging the kids to see it, right? Going back to um, this person has an opinion, everybody has an opinion, 
we don't necessarily have to agree with their opinion, but we understand that their opinion has value, right? Yes. Their opinion has value. And so um, thinking about that, I was trying to figure out how do I um, create a way where other teachers can engage in this kind of topic inside of their classrooms with students. Maybe students don't understand what diversity is. Maybe they don't have the vocabulary. They don't have the context. Um, cultural diffusion is another vocabulary term that's integrated inside of that play. Um, and so it gives, to give teachers an opportunity to engage students, by the way, drama always seems to engage my students. Uh, readers theater, like you throw anything out regarding that and everybody's all in, all hands on deck. Yeah. Um, so um, I wanted to create something that incorporated present day world events. So um, it's a learning opportunity. It's also a way for them to see the thematic nature of it, that truly we are better together. Yeah. Truly, if we can take the time to understand somebody else or take the time to yeah. think about inclusion um, and how everybody has something to offer. And so we meet this character inside of this play named Devin. Devin is the main character and Devin um, is an athlete. Devin is um, very much so the, the, you know, everyday kind of kid. Um, but at the same time, even though he's an athlete, he really doesn't believe that he has anything to offer or share with anybody else oh, wow. um, other than his athletic ability mm -hmm. right and so the the at Mater, Mater Middle School right first time ever they're hosting an annual variety show and all of the students are encouraged to participate um, all of Devin's friends are participating but he feels the pressure of well I don't I don't really have anything to really share with anybody that they would want to listen to. I mean, what am I going to go up there and do? Just talk about how I play sports. Um, and so he's really kind of um, feeling uh, some kind of way about this whole thing and how is he going to be involved? He talks to his mom about it. And his mom basically says, don't discount yourself. You know, there's, everybody has something. Or you might be surprised with what's really inside of you that might actually be impactful to somebody else. Yeah. And so um, Devin changes. Devin begins to see things a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. Devin begins to have a confidence built builder uh, within the play. And by the end of the play, things change. And that's kind of all I'll say. Yeah, <laughs> I do. Uh, actually, you shared, shared more than, um, that's such a great teaser. You shared more than I thought you'd be able to share, but that's wonderful. I definitely want to to find out, you know, when you're able to get that, and and your intention is hopefully uh, within classrooms or schools and so forth, for for students to be able to to perform those roles and and get an idea about about the whole idea about diversity and and their impact, right? Sure, and certainly not limited to that by any means. Of course, um, yeah. However, I I did want to make sure that. Um, students had an opportunity to learn about these things in the context right. of, you know, even our, our right. you know, the history, the history of our, right. you know, things, things are involved in the history that we don't necessarily get a chance to teach. Sure. Uh, and so there's vocabulary in there. There's even some mm -hmm. reflection questions at the end and even some ideas for cross-curricular connections that I've added at the end as well to wow. engage students in the idea of there's more than just, you know, even though it's I'm here, there's more than just me here. And guess what? There's something in this other person that I could benefit from. I can learn from. I can wow. be better because of that. 
Yeah. And so hopefully to, to help students understand that empathy or to understand perspective and putting themselves in somebody else's mm -hmm. shoes and how others can add value to our own lives. Yeah. And I, I think it's so important for us to realize that there are so many different ways that we can come at um, teaching and learning. And it doesn't necessarily have to be something that is is fixed as a teacher in the classroom, just with the students gathered around, even, even with projects and so forth. But the fact that drama and music and uh, there are other ways that, um, that those concepts can be taught. And so even something like a, a community theater group or an after-school program could take this on and um, sounds like character building and you know, we talk about children nowadays, um, not just children actually, that everybody's sort of into themselves and you know, the whole selfie movement and we're really worried about you know, how we look and what we say and, and uh, it's all about us. Um, but I think with guidance and with the, with the right kind of motivation, as you said before, students, young people are really looking for ways to figure out life and the character building that comes along with it is just uh, fantastic. So Dean, that's really exciting. I can't wait to hear about how that all pans out and, uh, and you know, to continue on your writing journey because it seems like that this is sort of the, not necessarily the next phase, but you're sort of developing other projects, which is really kind of cool. So Dean, what, what other advice? I know you've, you've given a couple of pointers to teachers and, and to our listeners about the kinds of things that you do uh, in terms of your students and so forth and um, the kind of ways that you feel that you belong. But any other advice that you would give in terms of your own experiences and, and so forth? Well, um, one piece of advice I think I would state is don't get stuck in yesterday. Um, our students oh, will, con our students will constantly evolve and be different. Um, like I said earlier, we, we, every year there's a new group of diversity that we get to experience. And so allow those opportunities to make us better. Number one, as we engage, as we lean into our students, as we learn about our students, allow those opportunities to enrich us as, uh, professional educators, <clears throat> but also allow those opportunities to cause us to be innovative. Um, and so innovative in the sense of don't necessarily do that thing that you did last year because you did it last year and it worked. Do it because you understand that it's something that your students need at that present moment that you currently have in your classroom. Maybe something needs to be tweaked a little bit. Um, I will never do something from year to year just because I've done it and it worked in the past. I'm gonna do it because I realize that this group of students that I currently have can benefit from it. It will be enriching for them. And so when I say don't get stuck in yesterday, you know, we know that you know, there are certain things in education that are very traditional and that carry over from year to year because they're traditional, but do they work? That's the question. Are they effective? Um, do they engage students? And so one of the things that I think about drama, you know, it's one of those things that it's, first of all, it's a genre of literature. So we get to throw that in there. Um, <clears throat> but I think it's, it's, it's the arts, you know, and um, over the years, I've seen the arts take, 
take a lot of cuts. Um, Unfortunately, and, yes. And I, you know, I just don't agree. I do not agree that the arts uh, is the area to cut because I can take a, a drama or a play like diversity, right? And accomplish so much more in that one play than I can teaching it something in isolation. Right. You know, and so don't limit your mindset as a teacher. Don't get stuck in yesterday. Those are the two pieces of advice I would offer. They are great pieces of advice, Dean. I wish our conversation could go on and on and on, but we're coming up at the end of our 30 minutes. So um, what's the best way for everybody to find you? Because I think you have so many things that we've talked about today, and I'm sure that they would like to, to know how to, how, to, how to find you and uh, where is the best place to, to look you up. Sure, I can certainly be reached um, by email. Um, um, I certainly have email available, um, dean at deanganey.com. Uh, I am also on Twitter, uh, at dean underscore Ganey on Twitter. I'm on Instagram, my teacher account on Instagram, or I call it the teachergram, at teach teacher. So that's T-E-A-C-H-T-E-A-C-H-A-A teach teacher. Um, and then of course my website is available at deangainey.com. Uh, you can find all kinds of things there. Um, so definitely reach out uh, should you have questions or want to talk more. Sounds good. And of course your, your book and the book chapters uh, for the teach the ed snaps are available on Amazon. And uh, there's more information probably on your website about that too, right? Correct. And Journey to the YNU is, on, is available on Amazon as well and Barnes and & Noble. And then the recent play, um, I went ahead and, and, and made that published uh, on Amazon also. Oh, excellent. That's <laughs> terrific. Yes. And of course, uh, for the, the book and the book chapters for the Ed Snaps, they're uh, available on um, EduMatch. Yes, edumatch.org, yes. That's right, yeah. Thanks, thanks to Sarah <laughs> for that. So thank you so much, Dean. I'll make sure to, to put all of that information in the show notes so that everybody has it in case they missed it at the end. Thank you so much, Dean. I really enjoyed this conversation. And I have a lot to think about now. Well, that's, I, here we go with diversity again. It makes us think, makes us learn. I love it. I'm yeah. so glad. Thank you for the opportunity again to be a part of this. You're welcome. Be sure to subscribe to my podcast, Journeys to Belonging. Um, and the next episode will be out in two weeks. In the meantime, you can connect with me on Twitter at Eileen Winokur, I-L-E-N-E-W-I-N-O-K-U-R, or on Instagram at Eileen underscore W. And you can also find my blog uh, at the website https colon forward slash forward slash cultures dot build. See you in two weeks.